man, what's more exciting than just helping somebody be better at who they are or, yeah. or, or their passions? Like we get to work with people's passions, yeah. right? Yeah. This is the greatest thing about music and especially about Christian music. You know, you've got people pouring out their innermost dreams and their, their spiritual passions and, and they come to you and they say, hey, will you help me with this? Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. And here we are, episode 159. I feel like I'm 159 years old right now. There's tons more on the way <laughs> as well. Like it's, it's when I think about the amount of episodes and, and the years of sort of having these conversations, it, it just brings a smile to my face. So many cool, cool chats and more cool chats to come. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess what we should let people know is that uh, we record... A lot of these conversations that we have with artists and producers and people in the music business, uh, they're very often recorded weeks in advance. That's true. And we have a we maintain a production schedule, like a weekly schedule of, uh, and sometimes we do a couple of different conversations in one day, and then that'll be two different episodes. Mm-hmm. And we're running uh, a good month ahead on episodes. Thank so, God. so today's episode, yeah, will have been you know the conversation will have been recorded a month ago. Wait, does that mean we we live in the future? We do. And let me tell you what you can expect. (laughs) (laughs) It's all downhill from here, folks. It's it's funny. I've always wanted to, like when somebody uh, lives in a time zone before us. Yeah. In other words, you know, we're in Ontario, Canada, and my parents used to live in British Columbia, which is three hours behind Toronto time. So I would call them up on the phone when they were living there and say, you know, just so you know, in it's the weather's looking good in three hours from now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but we're we're far more advanced for that we now. We are. We are. You know, because yeah, now yeah. we can go weeks in advance. That's right. So. There you go. Welcome to Between the Grooves. It's your weekly look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. And today, uh, this is a guy that we've wanted to chat with for some time. Oh, yes. And uh, it just didn't work out time-wise, but he is the nicest guy. This is the thing. He is such a gentleman and such a well-spoken individual and such a knowledgeable guy, and he's not a hothead. He's not, um, you know, the one of these guys who thinks he's all right. there is out yeah. there. Yeah, like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's such an open-minded guy. And we're talking about Andrew Horrocks. He is a producer uh, in Ontario, Canada, and we're going to be chatting about everything from mentoring to song arrangement to even an, uh, you know, uh, an, uh, an unplanned conversation about Radio CanCon. Yes, that's right. <laughs> CanCon right. being Canadian content that's on right. uh, on Christian radio in Canada. And uh, not something we were necessarily expecting to chat about, but but it came up in the conversation and it's a great discussion. So that is coming up in just a bit. You don't want to miss that. But before we get to that, we need to check in with the community cork board. Community no, cork, no, 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 no. Ju- it's too late. Cork, it's too late. Community cork board. Dun, dun. 
Thanks, but no Go thanks. ahead, I got the background. No, 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 no. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. But no thanks. I got you. I got you. He's walking away. No, you don't want No, no, I'm good. Oh, dude, I set you up, man. You got me spike that ball, bro. No. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we had a great chat with Jordan St. Cyr on the podcast. And after that podcast, after that episode, we got a note from Jaylene Johnson, who yes, has right. obviously been on the podcast herself, that's and right. she's she's brilliant, and she lives <sighs> oh out gosh. she lives out west, and uh, she uh, is an artist in her own right, and she came up and she sent us a note saying, "Hey, um, got a suggestion? Uh, we'll all we're always open to take suggestions. There's this artist I know, there's this person I know, and you really got to talk to them on the podcast. And uh, we are going to in the future uh, with this individual." that she's actually it was two different people that's right that's uh, sisters right. Actually. sisters that's right but that's right. but one of them will happen sooner than later we yeah. don't want to have you know back-to-back episodes with uh with sisters we thought we'd shake it up a bit mm-hmm. but i just wanted to mention you know the fact that she did that i really appreciated it because number one it shows that she's listening to the podcast right and it shows that a lot of christian artists and musicians listen to the show which we appreciate because that's how the thing grows but also the fact that you know she's got ideas for us and i guess all i want to say today on Community Corkboard is the fact that if you've got ideas, either people that we should talk to or discussion points or conversations that we need to have, um, let us know. We're open-minded. We want to hear about stuff like that. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's all I wanted to bring up. I appreciate that. Yeah. Community Corkboard. Community Corkboard. Community Corkboard. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyways, it's time to get into our conversation with Andrew Horrocks. We don't need the music anymore. What are you doing? <laughs> is that oh, your contribution? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all. You know what? That, I'm going to do all the talking today. You just do the no, music. You know, you know what? You know, I, I got this. I got this. I got this. Listen, if you've met Andrew before, if you've met him, if you work with him, you know he's one of the greatest dudes in the business. A sweet guy, super smart guy, and so it's really cool to have him be a part of our show. If you don't know him, let me tell you, he is a brilliant producer. He's a great ear for arrangement. He knows how to really communicate well with artists. And so it was a pleasure. It was a gift, actually, to be able to sit down and have an amazing conversation with him. So here we go. Prepare yourself for this amazing conversation. Let's get into it. Between the Grooves with Andrew Horrocks. Hello. Andy, it's Drew Brown hey. here. How you doing, man? Good. How's it going? Good, good, good. I got uh, my, my buddy James Curtis with me here. Hey, James. How you doing, Andy? Andy or Andrew? What do you prefer? Yeah, what do you prefer? Gee, either one works okay. Whatever comes out of your mouth is all good. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Just wait. Yeah. wait. I got some names for you. <laughs> That's right. We've got some names. I got some choice yeah. names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. this is going to be good. I'm so glad you're able to do this show with us today. Oh, so excited. Great. Um, and what I would like to do is essentially pick your brain and see if we can share some of your learnings with our listeners. Sounds good. But but not so much that we take business away from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, thank that's you right. for all of that. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm too old to worry about that stuff now. So okay. It's, fair it's, enough. That's worry. fair. Yep. I understand. Yeah. So, Andrew, maybe hey. I could start. Um, 
in my own humble opinion, I'm an up-and-coming artist, and I've uh-huh. got a song that I've written, and uh, I want to record with you next week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> what, what part? The part that I wrote a song, which I didn't, or the part yeah. that I want to record with you next week? Oh, man. So what do I say when somebody says that? Yeah. I'm sure you get that all the time. Yeah, that's pretty common. You know, I always try to just really kind of build trust. So so basically I try to talk to somebody, uh, you know, and, and give them give them respect and, you know, really listen and, and really, um, really put the song uh, kind of on the table in such a way that uh, that you know, that we're discussing it, like, where can it go? Where, what do you want to see happen at the end? If you could imagine this song done and you're, uh, you're listening to the final version, uh, you know, what do you want it to sound like? You know, what's your, what's your desires? And you get them talking and then you get them um, trying to figure out stuff that maybe they've never thought about. And then that really helps you as a producer take the correct first few steps mm-hmm. But yeah, that, but so that it, first, that first dialogue. I mean, you could have everybody and their mother coming up to you, and then you spent all your time just sitting with these people. Are you uh, at this point charging for you know a service fee or or a meeting fee or something like that? No, I wouldn't do that. No, I just kick them out. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> would, uh, no, you know, it's just again, it's that uh, it's that thing of you want them to walk out of here feeling like they were listened to, feeling like they were respected and feeling like there's a guy who who's actually trying to help them accomplish what their what their goals are even though they might not even understand their goals completely. They they might kind of know what they want to do. Right. So it's just a first step. You can't solve all the issues of uh you know, of taking a song that somebody's uh just written, you know, at the, with their guitar at the edge of their bed uh you know, it's it's hard to to solve all the problems, but yeah, you just start there, and it's it's one step at a time. And and the big thing, you know, as you guys can both attest to, is that it's all about the song. So if you, uh, you know, you have to address um, the you know the negatives as well as the positives. Usually, I'm definitely a half full kind of guy, so I'll uh, <laughs> I'll make sure that I tell them. I like this about your song. I like this about your song. Your voice is good in this way. But then, you know, giving them some positive feedback allows me to also say, you know, you're, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're straining a little bit. So maybe we have to look at key. You know, your um, the song is too long. But as long as they've heard some positive stuff, you know, your dialogue is is open for. Um, you know, to accomplish some good stuff. But do you, do you get a lot of tire kickers? Because I look at it, you know, you're, this is your livelihood. This is your business. And if you get too many tire kickers, you don't have a livelihood anymore. You're spending all your time um, answering questions like we're doing on this podcast, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then not making any money. And, and you know, I know we're living in a Christian world. Uh, I shouldn't really say that because we're not really living in a right, Christian world. Right. But we are Christians, so we have to, um, you know, treat people with respect, like you've said, but at the same time, you know, there comes a point where you just have to, in my opinion, anyways, you know, you kind of close the door and say, that's all the time I have for you right now because I've, my schedule's booked. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't use that kind of language. Well, I'm being, I'm very, I'm being very blunt. There's a probably a nicer way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to find a nicer way of doing it. Uh, I think that, you know what, like if you have to go that extra 
half an hour for somebody or an hour with somebody to make them feel comfortable. But most people, <laughs> there's sometimes, uh, you know, the people who, um, who aren't really serious, it's easy to, to, to sort of put them off when, if, you, if you're out of their price range, right? Right, right. So, so sometimes if I, that's, maybe that's one technique I do use, uh, James, is, is that if I feel like something is kind of going sideways and I'm not sure about this guy or whatever, then I'll just make sure they know it's going to cost at least this much money. <laughs> right. And yeah. one time, it's funny, one time I had a guy who, you know, we talked on the phone, uh, we, we emailed back and forth for like a month. We were sharing music ideas and stuff, and we planned to get together. So he came up here. He sat here, just like you said, and I guess this is what a tire kicker is, but he sat here. We talked for, oh, man, must have been two and a half hours. And then I finally got around to telling him how much it was going to cost, and he just kind of stopped talking, and he kind of had a look about his face. And then the, the meeting uh, finished really quickly after that. It was yeah, pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and not that I'm very expensive, because I'm not. Uh, but for for him, he was looking for something for nothing. And um, and so, it, it yeah. So that, anyway, that's, that's one way of making sure that people are serious. So. Right. Yeah, that's a very good way. Very, very effective. You produce as well, Drew, so I'm sure yeah. you've had the, the tire kickers. And, and that's my concern because, you know, I'm in radio, I play music, and I get music sent to me all the time. And every once in a while, it's great when you get a call from an artist, but it's another, and, and you, you can have some good conversation, but it's another thing when they're, you know, they're trying to glean all this information from you. And I'm thinking, well, I, I, I still have my job to do here. Yeah, exactly. You know? With right. all the music that's sent to me, I've, I've got hundreds of emails of, of songs that are sent to me. And everybody wants that personal touch. And I just don't have enough time. I could spend, it could be a full-time job for me just listening to new music. This it really it. could. This is it. I think you have it worse than Drew and I, James. I would agree. I, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're going to get yeah, everybody coming out of the woodwork. And I could totally see what you're saying. When you are working with an artist, what are some big things you're kind of hoping they'll come to the table with, apart from, you know, like money for the budget? Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you kind of hoping? Like, okay, so they're... There, you guys are starting uh, pre-production, which um, yeah. for those of you who are listening, essentially that's kind of like the sessions before the sessions, as you talk about arrangements and and key changes and and all the details that kind of will happen before you sort of press record. And you might even start pressing record and do some demos. And a lot of the times, those demos become part of the tracks. But it's kind of like the pre-show before the actual main event. Um, so, like, what are the main things are you kind of looking for, like as an artist? Like, uh, we're working together. What do you kind of want from them apart from their willing heart to kind of, you know, collaborate with you? Well, I think that, um, you know, you always hope that, you know, you're going to be working with, uh, you know, the next prolific or the next incredibly talented person. But that's not reality, you know, and that's not my my reality uh, over my years of doing this. Um, uh, you know, you, you do hope that they have a maybe a that they're very self-aware and they kind of know um, usually if they're talented, they know that they're talented, but if there's this, an element of, of, you know, being humble, uh, then it's so much easier to work with people uh, like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember um, uh, this will be the first name drop that I do. Today. I, was, I, was gonna, <laughs> I knew there was going to be some of that yeah. happening. Uh, so I remember when I worked with, um, with Trevor from TFK. TFK so, that's right. Yeah. yeah so, I, I recorded their first album, and then um, I 
started their second album and we did bass and drums and a little bit of guitars and stuff. And then they got signed and they went to LA and worked with the record company down there, which was all very logical. But, um, you know, Trevor's sort of like a, he's like a dream client in the sense that he is pursuing excellence and he is writing, um, constantly and there's never um you know and you can see that by his career and by the by the songs that he's that they've you know and the albums that they've put out he's he's a hard worker he works as hard as anybody i've ever seen and so somebody like that is like a a dream client where you just you just kind of get out of the way right you just Mm. you you facilitate right um but more often than not um i've spent my career uh, kind of working with people who really need TLC. They really need help. They and to me, there's real. Um, I don't mean that they're pathetic and that they need me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying that they they need that uh, person to partner with um, and that and some mentoring. And they they need somebody to tell them that uh, you know that they could do this and that and really bring out the, the, the good aspects of who they are as an artist. Um, so my career, I've gotten so much joy working with people who have suddenly found out that, wow, I can write or wow, I, I can do this and, and I can have effect on people's lives and I can, you know, I can have a career. So for me, that that's the real joy. It's, I don't go into any meeting with anybody saying, gee, I hope this person could do this. Like, I don't have boxes to take it all. I want to, I want to just sort of meet somebody, figure out, you know, who they are as a person, as a human being, and just, um, and just try to help them, man, what's more exciting than just helping somebody be the best, like be better at at who they are or, or, or their passions. Like, Drew, we get to work with people's passions, yeah, right? Yeah. The, this is the greatest thing about music, and especially about Christian music. You know, you've got people with their pouring out their innermost dreams and their their spiritual passions, and and they come to you and they say, "Hey, will you help me with this?" And like that's there is a privilege to that that's incredible. And so, to me, it's a uh, you know, it's it's a it's a privilege, and I just want to. Uh, help. I, I know that maybe sounds cheesy and stuff, and that I'm trying to drum up business. But honestly, <laughs> but honestly, uh, that's the way I look at it. And and then you develop these long relationships with people, and and your friends for like you know I've been doing this for a long time, and uh, I still talk to people that I recorded 20, 25 years ago, and we laugh and we talk about stories and how much fun we had in studio and. And some of their albums still sound really good. So that's exciting. Hmm. You know, when you consider how many um, music producers there are in Nashville as compared to Canada, there aren't a whole lot in Canada. And given the fact that Christian music in Canada by Canadian artists, um, unless you're recording in the States, um, there's not a lot, in my opinion, from what I've for, from what I've seen, there aren't tons of producers to to choose from. And given that, um, I guess mentoring is a big part of being a producer here. Yeah, for sure. What would you say percentage wise? I mean, obviously in the pre-production, there would be a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And I guess if they're a new client, there would be a lot of that. If they're a repeat client, there wouldn't be as much because, you know, you've got a mutual understanding of expectations on both sides. I think you're mentoring. I think 
if you are a mentor type of person, um, I think you're mentoring constantly, but you're not, not, not in a heavy handed way, you know, just like being a, uh, being a parent or, or whatever, you know, you're just trying to lead by example. You're just trying to, you know, you're just trying to show them important things like, you know, kindness and, and respect and, uh, and, um, you know, humility and all those good, all those things are, are good things to live your life with, you know, but as far as, uh, as far as, producers go i thought everybody was a producer these days <laughs> touche good point yeah. nice good point nice. well with technology right. you see a lot of people recording into their home studios or just on their mac or whatever yeah, yeah. you yeah. know and and some of that stuff makes it to the light of day um you know on radio um yeah. not tons but but some of it somebody that yeah. knows what they're doing music wise for yeah. sure yeah for sure yeah and i mean and that uh, that brings up you know, the idea that, um, that it's all about the song, a song has to, whether it's professionally recorded or whether it's, um, you know, recorded by somebody who's just kind of learning their craft. If that song moves you, I mean, music is supposed to move, move you, right. It's supposed to either make you angry or sad or happy, or makes you want to dance or it makes you want to, uh, you know, hit your, hit the wall with your fist or something. Um, but if it moves you, then it's got an audience, right? And um, so even if somebody does something on the El Cheapo in their bedroom, if you can, if you, if you can touch people, you, you're onto something. That's it, man. That's exactly right. Yeah. So if you have somebody come up to you uh, with a song that doesn't move you, uh, you as a producer, have you ever had situations where you just say, uh, look, I don't think I can do this for you. Like in a nice way where you kind of fire the potential client because you just don't, number one, you don't think you'll be able to do it justice or perhaps it's, you just know the end result isn't going to be good. Well, um, honestly, pre-production and, um, and producing is about uh, problem solving. <laughs> nice. So, yes. So you, you don't, you don't just, say uh like i wouldn't anyway it, like i wouldn't say yeah i don't have to, uh like this isn't going to work because that's the whole point the whole point of pre-production is how do you make this work um there might be but but what you have to be able to do is somebody brings in their heart and soul and they throw it in front of you and they say what do you think and somehow you have to, again this is all about relationship and how do you get to a point where you can say to that person you know what the only thing i really love about this song is the verse we need you, you, seriously you need a new chorus and you need a new bridge so what you do is you send that person home with uh, either one or two things you know if if you want to grab your guitar and say okay here's an idea but my tendency would be to um send that person home with homework knowing how i felt about certain parts of their song and then give them the task of of fixing it and and then i'm not really wasting my time um but yeah i i wouldn't uh yeah i don't i don't i don't really throw people out because their songs aren't bad it's more it, it's more more about helping them fix the fix them right yeah that makes yeah. a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense yeah. if you um if you get a client Actually, let me ask the question this way, um, because you are really good at let me let me big you up for a second. You are really good at arrangements, um, instrumental, but also vocal. Like you just 
have a great ear for that, especially when it comes to like nailing things down for a good radio mix. And do you mix as well? Yeah. Okay. I, you know, uh, I do. Um, I I even I even master my own stuff. Um, I I know that uh, like about 15 years ago, I just got tired of going to Toronto uh, to, yeah. to to master stuff, yep. and I just learned to do it on my own. And um, uh, yeah, so I, I kind of can take it from the beginning to the end, pretty much. Which I love. Yeah. I love that. Can you um, give us? some tips uh, this is a two part question but I asked the first yeah. part um, some tips about arrangements like how do you because you're really good at it how do you do how do you process and I'm sure a lot of it might be instinctual for you but how do you go about like really being intentional when it comes to instrumentation and vocal arrangements for a track well um, I guess uh, you know you guys know Carol and Aaron right yeah totally mm-hmm. okay well uh, I remember I talked to Karen Carolyn about this. Uh, I read a quote of hers once, and, uh, and she said, the, the Beatles wrote 90% of all popular music, and we're all trying to write the last 10%. Oh my gosh, that's good. That's so, good. And, I, and, I, and so I, 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 uh, I kind of, you know, it's, I sound like an old fogey by bringing up the Beatles, but there's a lot to be learned from that, uh, you know, from that approach to pop music you know un, just unbridled creativity and and uh but but also being really smart and anyway i think you just you, you, as an arranger you just have to study good arrangers and you have to um you know just kind of uh steal from the best right yeah exactly <laughs> but, as far as arranging goes though you know again a song has got to take you on a on a on a trip, right? It's got to, it's got to have, it's got to have, um, points along the way, you know, pop, uh, you know, pop arrangement is not brain surgery. It's intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus out. And that's 90% of the time. In three minutes or less. Yeah. (laughs) and 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 it's often super cool when it's not that, but and there are lots of songs that aren't like that. But basically, that's often a starting point. And so, um, you know, you within the context of pre-production and, and making sure that the song is great, you've got to have a super exciting chorus. You've got to have, um, you know, you, you definitely want to uh, be developing uh, like have hooks that are tags and introductions. You, you have to sort of look at all the individual pieces and make sure that everything is working. You know, are your verses boring? And and then often, often when you get the song right to start with, then it's easier to do, to do arranging. You know, um, uh, you know, and I I love vocal. Like I just love. Uh, vocal oriented music. I always have, you know, when, when the bands that I was in, we were very much into, you know, um, uh, Beatle type music, uh, crowd, crowded house. I was a huge fan of crowded house in the, in the nineties and, you know, and just uh, listening to the vocals and trying to get really super strong vocals on any song. To me, to me, songs live and die by the vocals. So if you failed at, at getting a great uh, vocal performance and vocal texture, um, then you kind of failed. You failed the artist as a producer to start with, but you've kind of failed the song because right. everybody loves vocals and everybody wants vocals to be prominent in, in the song. 
there's the vocals that's important, like you say, and, and whether it be harmonies or, or the type of voice, you know, yeah. it could just be a raw sounding voice that just sounds amazing because of that rawness. But, yeah. but what about the instruments now? Because, I mean, you can you can throw in a billion different <laughs> instruments in there. Yeah. When is too much? When is too little? Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And what instruments? Um, I think what you do, again, it, as a producer, you, as a producer from a like if, if you're talking to the artist in me, it's, it's kind of one thing. If you're talking to the producer in me, then I have to I have to think a little bit of it a little bit differently. Um, and it all gets back to the original discussions with the artist as to the direction of the song. I I kind of I want to be able to hear a song finished in my head, not not in some magical, gurui, freaky kind of way. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying. If I talk to an artist and I'm trying to figure out, you know, I'm, lo- I'm looking at all kinds of things like, well, basically what, where they want the song to land when it's all done. Do they want to, is this a song? And I always say this, is this a song where you want radio? Is this a song where, that you just want your grandma and your grandpa to listen to? <laughs> you know, this is going to list, this is going to dictate budget and kind of, uh, various, uh, aspects of the song, but it all gets back to, um, what that artist, uh, those early discussions. And then you, and then of course you take it farther. You take it, then you use your own skills and you use your own, um, taste and your own, your own ideas on top of that. But you try to capture, you know, if somebody says, you know, my favorite singer in the whole world is Bono, you know, <laughs> or, or, or my favorite singer in the whole world is, is, uh, um, is staying and the police are my favorite band or if Toby Mac is, is everything to me, you know, like as soon as somebody says that any one of those things, you know, you, you kind of know you've got a starting point and you can start to use your, your skills and your knowledge with those kinds of, those kinds of artists and those kinds of uh, arrangements and stuff to sort of build their song. Um, But, but, you know, it's a really interesting topic because if you're, um, if now you're talking about Christian radio, mm. uh, then it, it so it's gotten kind of complicated uh, over the last um, few years, uh, where you know people who would typically put more guitar in in their uh, songs are suddenly going, okay, there's no guitars in you know anymore. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's funny though because it's not really true that's right uh, a lot of people will tell you that, that yeah you know there's no guitars in pop music anymore but hey listen to pop music there's lots of cool you know it's it's more uh, there's no real wailing guitar solos anymore but there's groovy funky yeah awesome cool guitar textures and and it sort of has forced guitar players to maybe be a little more creative and um but yeah you know it's if if you need to uh, slather up a client's song with keyboards because that's what radio wants and that's what the client wants, well, that's what you do. And and bring back the saxophone. Of course, <laughs> of course. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. The saxophone yeah. in a song sounds amazing. Well, done right, obviously. Yeah, it's yeah. right. Yeah. Careless whisper. Baby. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you. <laughs> I was um, so uh, yeah. Going back to what you said, I uh, I was working on a track and for an album and the album was done but this one track just didn't sound the way I wanted it to and so I brought it to a buddy of mine uh, that you might know Doug Romano oh yeah 
stuff. And I was, I've been like stealing ideas from him for years now. And I said, Hey, Doug, I need to try, I need you to mix a track for me. He's like, Yeah, bring it over. Went over to his um, place downtown and um, he loads up the mix and he's like, Dude, there's like 80 tracks in here. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, yeah. I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Just, just trust me. Trust me. He listens to like the first like verse and chorus. He's like, Dude, there's so much happening in the song. I'm like, just, 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 just wait, wait for it. By the end of the song, I was waiting for him. From the press, like press delete on everything, like clean up everything. He was like, "Yeah, oh, I get it. We need more." I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my, like, more!" And he adds on strings and organ. I'm like, "This is great." He's like, "Yeah, I totally get it." And the, there's something about arrangements that, um, and the importance of arrangements. Like sometimes there is a limit of too much. It's like too much happening here. Um, but sometimes too much is exactly what you want. <laughs> Especially if you're building. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. He was like, oh my gosh. And as he, he noticed, like, oh yeah, actually it's not just everything all at once. There was an ebb and flow. There was dynamics. He's like, oh yeah, you pick and, sh- pick and choose your, your parts really well. He's like, yeah, we just need more. I'm like, you're crazy. Nice. Let's do it. <laughs> and so I think it's such a powerful thing with arrangements in terms of like really being intentional with what you do. And especially, as you just said, when it comes to radio, and I'm curious about like how you mix for radio, um, because especially Christian radio, I find that some stations, not the one that James Curtis works for, but some stations definitely want a certain particular sound. Where you tend to, your mixes, when I hear, and you have a stamp, like everybody, every producer has like a, like a fingerprint kind of a vibe to it. Like I know when Lanois has produced something. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I I can tell who, who's done it. I know there's um, a great uh, guy, Sebastian Demery from Montreal. I can tell yeah. when he produced something. He's just he has a, a way of doing things, and you have a way of doing things. Um, wh- how do you make those choices for radio um, in terms of mixing? Um, or again, is it more kind of like I just want the song to sound good? Are you? Is there things that you're doing like no, this will not work for radio. It needs to be like this in the mix, or is it just like right from the beginning? You just want to make a great song and doesn't and wherever it goes, it goes. Well, it's a whole very awkward conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay, fair, I will fair. leave the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's sort of a it's a tough one because um, in a way, uh, I'm kind of. I'm kind of in mourning mm. in, in, on some on some levels, as far as um, musicality goes, and yeah. as far as sort of uh, creativity goes, and um, and that those things often get well, not often, pretty much ninety ninety five percent of the time get pushed to the side to make sure that these certain boxes are ticked right and yes. and it's both lyrically and musically and um yeah and uh, i'm probably you know i'm i'm uh, you know I, i've done songs where i've worked with like an unbelievable artist and you know where I, i'm working with okay this person could be in the top you know five singers i've worked with in the last 30 years and um and you know, and the boxes are ticked on the music. It's it's very modern sounding. There's tons of keyboards. It's a, the chorus pops. It's got the Christian message that, um, you know that uh, that seems to be, um, you know, uh, you know, it's about hope. It's about overcoming. It's, mm-hmm. You know, and all the boxes were ticked, and um, it didn't get it didn't get the response that that I hoped for, and uh, and so um, uh, it was very. 
it was very, it was kind of alarming in, in, in one way. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm going to show my age here and I have to be conscious of that. I've got to be conscious that I've been doing this for years and, you know, maybe I should, um, make room for people who are, uh, who've only been doing this for five or 10 years and maybe they know more than I do. Um, as far as, as far as radio goes, as far as what radio wants, but, uh, you know, it's I'm literally in mourning a little bit because for, for music and for creativity in general, because I know that I have to personally, I'll just say it, I have to, I have to dumb it dumb, down. Yes, I was going to say that too. Yeah. Yep. And now that said, there's the other side. The other side is you've got to look at this this job that you've got to do to got to try to get something that works for radio. You got to look at like a, like a craftsman as well. You've got to think, okay, this isn't what I signed up for musically, but it's still what this business, this, this radio station, this company, this demographic wants. So I got to learn how to do it. I have to, I have to make, and there are amazing songs on Christian radio. There are songs that, you listen to and it it just ticks all the boxes um that uh, i heard um uh what's his name uh young black guy from the states uh not terrell no oh, torrin wells yeah torrin oh, wells yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like like <laughs> when i i i listen to him and it's like this is you know this is why i love christian music yeah. is when guys when guys like him uh you know do what they do right and he he's now he's ticking all the boxes and so somehow as even though we're maybe a little grumpy and disgruntled about the lack of creativity and on the all the formulas and all the same chord progressions and all the <laughs> gross stuff that just makes you want to barf you somewhere in all that you've got to go okay that's a great song I got to figure out my pathway in this um, in this uh, kind of dumbed down popular music thing because it doesn't have to be dumbed down. Right. It's, it's just that so much of it is, and th- th- that uh, yeah. You know, you know what really bothers me as a guy like Torn Wells. I don't even think he's trying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly. He's just That's so right. brilliant yeah. musically, and and everything else he puts his hand to. He's just like he's he's. It's like magic, you know. And and I, and I just think for a guy like him, there's so much untapped potential of of stuff we have yet to see from this guy. No doubt. And you know, and that kind of brings up this whole other side of of uh, of our, be, being artistic and and, and creative uh, the creative side to christian music mm. you know i was thinking uh today about how when um you know when i was 16 i went to um uh, a jesus festival uh, in carlisle and uh that weekend uh the three main uh artists that uh, like that they both they all did sort of sets every day um but the three main artists were uh Larry Norman, wow. Randy Stonehill and Keith and Keith Green. Oh my wow. gosh. And, and Dream this Team. After, wow. This was like right after uh um you know like Larry Norman he's like two albums in or <sighs> and it was right after Stonehill's first album, you know, and Keith was like on fire and um and I you know and I think uh you know about where are those where where are the Larry Normans, Keith Greens and Randy Stonehills of today? Like where mm. where are they? If they are trying to 
now, if they are trying to just try to fit into the radio box because the radio box is sort of that um, that flagpole of success. I mean, being played on the radio is amazing. I remember being in a band on tour back in the uh, early 90s, pulling into a little town in Florida and fiddling around with the dial and go, holy crap, there's my song. You know, there's our song. Like, there's nothing better than for an artist than getting played on the radio. That's just so exciting, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, h- how do we, thought, as, a, as a community, how do we foster our our Christian artists so that they blow our minds? N- not so that they just are status quo and that we're trying to keep up with the Americans and get a song that will, you know, that the radio station, you know, one out of every 10 songs on the radio is Canadian. So, you know, work real hard and maybe you'll get one of those spots someday. Like that's not a good, uh, that's not a good atmosphere to be, um, uh, you know, uh, developing a community and developing artists. Right. Sorry for ranting, but no, does that good. make sense? That's well, a great it, rant. The, what you're saying is true, but from the radio perspective, if, if, Canadian artists want that spot. They got to raise the bar. So, so in, in in essence, you're promoting excellence. You're promoting uh, the fact that you got it. You got to you know push the envelope that much more. Okay, so James, I've, uh, I I want I have a question for you. Okay, yeah. you, got, uh, you as Drew said, you definitely land on the side on the uh, and the station lands in a on the on the side of kind of being a supportive station. Yes. You guys are a very supportive station. And and I'm not just saying that because we're talking that that's just a fact. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think that like, I believe that the system is, is broken. The, yes. the, the, the whole CanCon thing, um, you know, and for people, I mean, you guys have probably talked about this before, but um, basically when radio stations and you can correct me where I'm, wrong james but when radio stations uh go for a license with the uh you know with with the crtc you know they put forth a uh like you know an, an idea of this is what we're going to do in the community this is how many songs we're going to play per hour blah 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 all this stuff and um right now if as i understand it the average christian radio station in canada only has to play between you know, only has they have licenses to play between ten and maybe fifteen percent Canadian content. That's am I, am I, that, am I right that, about that? That's correct. Yep. And and for my radio station, we're at uh, you know, as far as a contract is concerned or license is concerned with the CRTC, we are at that ten percent. Uh, yep. Having said that, now don't tell my boss this. We're we're over the ten percent. Um, Partly because I'm responsible to make sure there's an you know at least ten percent being played, and if you ever get audited, you want to make sure that that's the case. So I always make you know exceed that ten percent, you know, just in case you know, sense. or or perhaps I I grab a song and I think it's CanCon, so I've marked it as CanCon, but it, oops, I made a mistake, it's not, and I've that's happened to me in the past where okay, I'll flip it over, it's not CanCon, I flip it over to another category in my system, um, so that's that's a safeguard. But so so what I mean, you're saying it's flawed. What's what's flawed about the fact that radio stations are required to play CanCon if they if they're not required to play Canadian content, then maybe they wouldn't play it at all. And that's the point. Uh, and so what, what uh, James, actually, what you said 
about not wanting your boss to know. <laughs> to me, to me, that, keep your that voice down. Of, keep your voice down. <laughs> yeah. See, to me, that's telling. Like, because right. you didn't, you didn't mean to do this. Okay, James, you did not mean to do this. But what you just said was, it, un, under what you just said, you said Canadian music isn't good enough. It isn't as good as the United States. So we're going to play only what we what we have to. And and you're and you're the end of the spectrum. That's right. Of of being a supportive station, but you just said to me that you 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 just talked about it. You almost whispered. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Canadian Canadian music, like like it's good. Yeah, like we try to fit it in. And see, here's where I think that it's flawed is that I think ten percent to fit, like being you know being uh, on this side of the uh, of the world, like you know. So Drew and I are in the the artist, the producer side of things when um um when i think about 10 to 15 percent i think that is absolutely ludicrous like i think that that's beyond goofy um that if because what what happens is is like i personally think it should be 20 25 percent or something like that. I I know that it, the radio is a business, and I know the the air, you know, the stuff on the radio has to sound great. And you you don't want your listeners, you know, moving the station dial. But what happens is it's a chicken before the egg kind of thing. If you if if Canadian music is kept in this little ten percent whole, it's not going to grow. What it needs to, it needs to be exposed more. And then those artists make more music and then they get better. And then they give you better. Like if that 10% is all you, you, they've ever got a chance to get on the airplane, no matter how good uh, their songs are, um, they're going to be suppressed. They're going to get discouraged and they're going to stop making music. And I, and I think that radio stations need to play more Canadian and content because there is good Canadian stuff out there. And like, you know, I've had conversations with, you know, big players and, and I, you know, and if you're not one of the, the, you know, the top sort of five or six or seven Canadian artists that always get airplay because they've been doing so well and doing, providing really great stuff for the last, you know, five years or whatever, um, then, then it's really hard for new artists to break into spots. It's not impossible. And obviously if a, if it's a great song, like you said, James, if it's a killer tune and the, and they, and they raise the bar high and they do amazing work, mm-hmm. then yeah, they're going to get played. But, but what happens is so many artists that I see are not doing music anymore. There's some of the most talented people that I've worked with over the years gave up because, because radio basically just, went eh well we're just going to play american music and and when you think about it if you if at 10 percent, that means one one um song out of every you get nine american hit hit songs and then you get one okay who gets that spot well it'll be one of those five or six already established canadian artists that are awesome but like even if we had say 20% or 25% Canadian content, we wouldn't even be having this conversation because there'd be more opportunities and, 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 and the artistic community would grow. You, you have no idea how fragile artists, uh, 
egos are. Uh, I don't mean egos in bad sense, but just how fragile they are and how willing they're uh, they are to give up w- when they don't feel like anybody loves them. <laughs> because radio is so flipping cool. To get on the radio is is so glamorous and it's so exciting. And uh, yeah, anyway, there's my other rant. I I respect everything you're saying. I honestly do, because I've because I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I think, you know, mainstream non-Christian radio stations generally have a higher uh, CanCon requirement in their license. Um, And that makes sense for them, for their market. Yeah. For for uh, I mean, you made the comment about people not even being in the music industry anymore because of that. I don't know if it's a direct result of their stuff not getting played on the radio. But the other part of it, too, is understanding what it takes to get your song on the radio. Um, so I've I've had, you know, people, you know, like send me great songs, but they're way too long. And so my comment back to them is, can you get a radio edit? You know, I'd love to be able to play this. And then yeah. they never get back to me because it's too much work for them to do. It's like, well, I'm trying to help you here, you know, or yeah. they or they send I, I, me a really slow, slow uh, I'll say worshipful song when the sound the radio station is looking for and at Christian radio in general is more of a CCM pop sounding song. So I'll go back to him and say, can you can you send me, you know, give, send me a song that's a little more up tempo. So for me, what you just said is a big part of it. There's a lot of great musicians and artists out there who are doing like the that that. 2.30 to 3.30 kind of minute mark thing and they're, it's a well-produced, it's well-written. But a lot of times it doesn't fit that CCM genre. And for Christian radio, that's the only market that we have, generally speaking. Right. There's a few stations that have like tons more and uh, like I'm talking just generally speaking. Um, and so that's a hard box to kind of hit, especially if you're doing, let's say... Uh, like a gospel song. Like a gospel song. Or right. I even think about like when TFK came out, I don't think... I don't remember them being played a whole lot in Christian radio. Now, they got a music video. They had um the they, they were touring and doing the work. Like this is like 90 what 98, 99, right? Um they got lots of TV stuff. Yeah. But I don't know if they got a lot of radio traction on that first album. I think which, you'll, is, which is fine. Yeah. But I mean like they should have cuz that was a, was that the one that you did in Horks? That first record? Yeah. Yeah, that was a great that, record. Th- that was in the infancy, though, of, I mean, oh, well, I don't know if it's the infancy of Christian radio, but Christian radio has, yeah, was that was pretty young, you know? Yeah, yeah fair uh, enough. James, wasn't that? Yeah, right in the beginning. Like, Christian radio, as far as a 24-7 format, is just over 20 years old. Oh, okay, so maybe not that. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, James, you have a tough job. Like yeah. when, when you when you have to decide when you have to be God, <laughs> and, and and you know and and break hearts and and you know like that's that's tough you know, um and and my heart does go out for you and it's it's not an easy thing, but this is this is what I contend though is that your job is so flipping hard mm. because of the 10 percent that that if you if that was a little looser if it was 20 percent even 25 percent but let's just start at 20 percent let's say that you could play two canadian songs per per uh, per every 10 that would make your job about like way easier (laughs) like you, you you'd be able to have more 
uh, you know, you'd be able to have more options. And so for me, it's not, it's not these kind of, you know, big bad radio programmers that won't play my song. It's, it all starts with the, the licenses are, are ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. I, you know, back 25 years ago when there was no good Christian music. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Can we quote you oh on that? <laughs> what I wow. meant to say was back 25 years ago when there weren't, there wasn't enough, uh, uh, like solid Canadian Christian music. Um, and my band was released back then. So I'll be part of that. I'll own that. Um, uh, you know, yeah, the licenses probably had to be 10%, but now it doesn't have to be 10% anymore. And that's why there's I agree. so, that's why there's so, that's why it's so stressful. I agree. I think that's my opinion. This has been an interesting conversation. I love it. I love it. <laughs> this is so good. Now, you know, that, that said, okay, um, I don't want to be like the negative ninny or, or, no, uh, or the, sorry, Debbie Downer. That's what I was going Not for. at all. My bad. Um, because I love working on Christian music. Like to me, um, it's a, it's a privilege to, to do Christian music. And, and, you know, and if I had the choice, uh, you know, like I probably do, you know, 90% Christian production and then 10% uh, secular stuff. And, um, I couldn't be happier to be, to be doing what I'm doing. Mm. Um, there's so much, there's so much, uh, like it's such a, uh, an important thing to be, uh, you know, songs of faith and hope and, and like, um, so I'm not complaining about the Christian industry or anything like that, but I have to be an advocate, um, for my artists, the people that I, I work with, you know, I've, I've already had my career. I've already, you know, toured and, and done, um, you know, seven or eight artist albums. And, and I've done that. And, um, people just aren't getting that opportunity, you know, like as an artist, I had the opportunity to do eight full albums over 10 years to, to, to fine tune my, um, to, to sort of find out who I was as an artist. Right. Mm -hmm. How many people will get that opportunity now? Yeah. 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 Not, not a lot. And so anyway, uh, so, so I'm not, I'm not kind of trying to be Debbie Downer about Christian radio because like I said, when I turn on this, on, on our local station and, and hear something like, um, like, Oh, I, I mean, the other day I was, uh, I was telling my wife this, uh, you know, I was coming home from, um, from uh, seeing my parents in Woodstock and I was listening to the Christian radio and I heard four slammers like in a row like four amazing tunes, boom, 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 you know, and I thought that was four great songs, four great pieces of music. And, and it was funny when I, that must when have I been my home. show. Yeah, it must have been. <laughs> so, and when I, and it was funny when I got home, it was like, there was this one lyric cause it, uh, that I remembered and I wanted to Google who it was. And, uh, cause the song was really funky and it was, uh, uh, and I Googled the lyrics and it was, it was Amber, one of Amber's old songs. Nice. Yeah. And I was like, cool, it was a Canadian, you know, it, it, I didn't know who it was, but it was an, it was an, uh, from her previous record. And, and so I sent her a quick email, say, Hey, I loved your tune. And anyway, and just so everybody knows he's talking about Chelsea Amber there. Oh yeah. 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 Chelsea Amber. Yeah. Yeah. Amber, they might've thought that was her first name. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. New artist, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's uh, it's interesting to hear, you know, what you're saying about Christian music from your perspective, being a producer. Uh, and we, I mean, we've gone 
everything from talking about mentoring and mm-hmm. you know producing a song or putting a song together whether it be lyrically or or the layout of the song or the instruments being used and then got right into that whole radio discussion which i think is really interesting andrew man thank you so much it's always good to chat but this is having this nice little extended chat was a beautiful yeah. beautiful thing thank you so cool, much dude man. love you guys love you thank too, you man. so much for asking me awesome brother all right have a good okay, one man see you, see you dudes andrew horrocks you know i thought we were going to talk just about producing mm. you know mm-hmm. we started you know talking about the whole um, mentoring and you know i was really interested in that whole weeding out of tire kickers i yeah, thought that yeah, was kind yeah, of amusing yeah. but you know you have to be aware of that sort of stuff and totally. he's, he's got obviously got a process that works for him yeah, and nice. then getting into that conversation about you know preparing for radio getting into that whole can con conversation so good it was great great conversation yeah. very enlightening yeah. it's it, you know i i know it and, and understand it from my perspective totally and it's always interesting to hear it from somebody else's perspective yeah. i think i really am a huge fan of what An- andrew said and that's something i've been talking about for quite a few years now and i think i think there's finding some middle ground there like what he said i think that would actually seriously help i think that's i think um yeah for sure artists need to make sure they have their crap together make sure the songs are hitting all the right marks and um but i really really think that um even by extending it just a little bit and giving a little more space for artists we might see an improve i would love to actually have a sit down chat um or online chat with all of a majority of the Christian radio people who are in charge like programming and find some really great like thought leaders within the CCM world in King Canada. Maybe this show could be the place for that kind of summit. Maybe that's something that we think about. We kind of create um, a show where we can actually get like some of the thought leaders in the CCM world and some of the you know the, the people in the radio world, and we actually begin having like a dialogue about this because right. it's not just about song length, not even about genre, but there's definitely something there that can be better. I think we can create a better system for yeah. both um, both radio folks and for artists. It's it's that whole this whole conversation with Andrew was was oh, wow. around and and a great conversation. Great like, conversation. He's <laughs> such a wise and intelligent person. Yeah. Uh, you know to to listen hit to his perspective. Yeah. With all of that and the reasons why and yeah. and and that's why when i play devil's advocate it's yeah, not yeah. because i disagree it's because i care and i want it to be better and totally. he wants it to be better yeah, so in right. that sense we're on the same page completely oh right. yeah for sure and speaking of honesty integrity authenticity artist advice this week coming from none other than chris cleveland from stars go dim i think just be honest like all the time um in your in your business and your art and your music um just be authentic and people will connect with that one way or another that's it in a nutshell he is a brilliant brilliant guy if you haven't heard that episode chris definitely go back and find it and listen to it he is one smart guy and one brilliant artist and yeah he just nailed it right there and Drew, we are out of time. Oh, my goodness. Time has just flown. What okay. a great conversation with uh, Andrew Horrocks and then hearing also from Chris Cleveland. Uh, that is it for this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review to help us reach more people. And please follow us and like us on Twitter slash Facebook at Between Grooves. You can find us there, hang out with us, and we can connect with, with you online. You like that? Online. Online. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, all right. We'll see you next time on Between the Grooves.